Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. Well, you guys know this, that uh, we've started in a series. I believe this is going to be transformative for our church. I think it's, it's probably the biggest thing that we've ever undertaken. And uh, we've talked about it. And now for the next five weeks, we're going to be leaning into it. We're going to be preaching on it, uh, what we've been setting up for the last two weeks. And I think God, God wants to do things in us. Uh, as a church, I also think God wants to do things in us individually. God wants to do things in us personally. He wants to transform us personally. Uh, this is going to be bigger than anything we've ever done. And so we've said this. We're not going to be able to do this alone. We're going to do it together as a church. And so we, pre- we prepared a curriculum, and, and some of you have it. It's, it's the study guide that, we, that we'll be going through in your groups for the next five weeks. If you didn't get one, if you weren't here last week and you didn't get one, they're at the group's table kind of out this side, right out there, the group's table. You can pick one up on the way out. Uh, and then there's daily devotions in there. We're all going to be having the same devotions. We're all going to be praying together. We're all going to be talking about this together in our groups. I believe what God is about to do is bigger than what we can imagine. I believe that it's going to pay dividends years from now. I believe this wholeheartedly. I believe that we will see tens of thousands of people, if we'll engage, I believe that in the future we'll see tens of thousands of people who are going to come to know Christ. It's that big. And so to kick this off and to start at this morning, I wanted to show you a video. And it's not like I'm going to show you a 16-minute video, except we're actually going to show you a 16-minute video. And so I want you to see this. So watch this. I'm going to pray, and then we'll watch this video, and then I'll be back up. So, Father, I'm praying right now, just, just wipe out all distractions. Wipe out all distractions, Lord. Give us ears to hear. Holy Spirit, we need you. We desperately need you to speak to us this morning. Begin to work in our hearts. God, we want to be transformed for your glory. Begin to work on our hearts. Speak through this video now, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you guys all know the mission. We talk about the mission, we say the mission, we say it in services, we say it in a lot of places. It's leading people from where they are to where God wants them to be. That's what we're about, that, that's what we want to do. We're excited about that, but, but even then we see in Acts 1-8 where he says, hey, the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you and you, you have power to be my witnesses. And then, and then the, one of the key words there is and, in Jerusalem and all of Judea and up to Samaria and to the outermost parts of the world. So we believe that and we've always been about that, but we do know Jerusalem is important because it's from Jerusalem that we get people to send to the outermost parts. It's we, we raise money in Jerusalem that we send to the rest of the world. So our Jerusalem is important. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Our, our local communities, the communities that our people are in, those are important communities. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the opportunity that's in front of us seems so close, you can almost touch it. Yeah. You know, my professor in college, he used to always say, if a window of opportunity appears, don't pull down the shade. I feel mm-hmm. like we're doing the exact opposite. We're not pulling down the shade, no. we're actually unlocking the window, yeah. and then we're lifting that window as much yeah. as we possibly yeah. can. So yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. So what has always made the ministry of Cedar Valley so strong and so special, it's never been because of one or two men or women, but, but always, it's always been the sacrifice mm-hmm. of so many people, sure. so yeah. many people. And if you look deep into the fabric of Cedar Valley Church, you will find very generous men and women who have always given of their time, their talent, and their treasure. And I just think of the group leaders and the coaches and the ministry leads. You know, every single night of the week, we have groups gathering in circles all throughout the Twin Cities Metro. Now here's the thing, we know that what's happening in circles is not enough. 
So we love what happens on Sunday mornings when we're in rows, right? The impact of our Sunday mornings has been unbelievable. Right, and if I could tap into that, you know, you know, looking out each week and seeing the the amount of people engaged in worship yeah. and more and more oh, people are starting to be more expressive, raising their hands, lifting their voices while they're singing. It's just an amazing thing. And you know, uh, the former pastor of Cedar Valley uh, came to one of the services. The Sunday morning service yeah. was here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he came to me after service and he says, you know, what you're doing in worship is just so amazing. He said, he said, I literally feel the presence of the Lord here. And the fact that the the worship is so diverse and it's and the and the worship culture is different is what he said. He said it's, it's different and he was and he got emotional. He yeah. was totally blessed with what is happening here and the fact that we're reaching the community, but not only that, worship, the music is also reaching our our community. Yeah, one of the things that I told JJ early on in our talks when we contacted him, I'm like, look, just so you know, we're not there yet, wherever right. there is. Right. Mm -hmm. You've gotta be willing to come and lead the way. You've yes. gotta be willing to come and be a part of something that we feel has huge potential. Right. But you're gonna come, bear the burden with us, and 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 listen. We truly believe that when JJ arrived and the way he goes about worship, it really helped to right. shift that culture here. In our and, and I was, and, and when you had when you said that, I was I was thinking to myself, challenge accepted. Yeah, you know, I was yeah, so sure. excited to come here because we were excited for what what's what uh, the future holds and what's going to happen and see that you know, this shifting start and then to see and kind of dream a little bit about what the future looks like in worship and in reaching our community and seeing what that's going to look like and so amazing, so exciting. Yeah. It's sure. been so good and it's not it's not just here in the house, right? Right. This is important, this is an important experience, this is where we encourage each other and we build each other up, but it's not just here in the house, I mean there is there are the outermost parts of the world, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about that window opening up, I'm seeing that window open up hugely for missions, mm -hmm. our global effort. You know, with COVID, yeah. um, everything shut yeah. down. Eight yeah. teams that were planned were canceled. Once COVID hit, we weren't able to travel and get out, mm -hmm. but not anymore. Um, this past year, uh, year plus, we've sent out six teams uh, uh, globally. And uh, we're not stopping there. More, more are yeah. going to continue. Yeah. People are stepping back in. People want to be involved and they're choosing to be. Um, I'm excited because from this involvement, do people uh, people go out there and they serve, they come back transformed. Cool story from that is a guy that went to Brazil twice in the past year. And while he was there serving the speaks, church. He speaks Portuguese. He speaks Portuguese. Yeah. He's an American that speaks Portuguese. Um, went back to Brazil uh, and uh, fell in love with the people as he served alongside them to refurbish their new church building. Yeah. We went there twice to do this. He, he framed walls, he painted walls, he hung sheetrock, mm. he cleaned alongside the, 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 the churchgoers as well as volunteers that didn't know Christ mm. and just fell in love, got excited, and uh, the Holy Spirit put on his heart to come back here and start a Portuguese-speaking life that. group. Wow, and he's that. done that. We here at Cedar Valley Church yeah. have a Portuguese-speaking life group I love it. because of what God did through this this man that went on the trip. And I think 70 years Cedar Valley's been around, right? Yeah. And so yeah. when you hear Cedar Valley, you absolutely know missions. I mean, for, for all of those years, yeah, they've been sending money, people, missionaries, mm -hmm. uh, church planting. Globally, this church has always shown up. But something really special started to stir 
last year, right here right within here. our own neighborhood. Yeah. I think, Kiana, talk about Lunch in the Park. So Lunch of the Park is something that's truly special. Uh, we are partnering with the city of Bloomington um, and we serve about 200 people on average. That's not just 200 people, that's 200 stories yeah. and that's you know right. impact that's happening yeah. within this neighborhood. Um, so one family in particular, this mother and daughter, we've been inviting her to church, yeah. you know, for weeks. Um, but her response was, oh, my daughter's atheist. She'll never set foot in the church. Mm -hmm. And one Sunday, they walked into this wow, church wow. and they sat right in the front wow. for worship. And even when mom wasn't there, she was still coming wow. by herself. So I think that's just... It's exactly what we want. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what we and want. the cool thing is, like, they're going to be at that park no matter what. Yeah, right. That's the, their park. They're yeah. they're gathering there to play and have fun. Mm -hmm. We're just like, hey, why don't we go and join them? They're our neighbors. Let's yes. go become friends yes. with our neighbors, and it has been mm -hmm. so transformative. And, and the beauty of it is really because we we love and we talk about we're a multi generational church. Yeah. yeah, we're a multi generational, so we're seeing it with adults, but. You're seeing it with kids too as well. Yeah, with Mega Sports Camp. Uh, we did it last year and this was our second year doing it. And this year we had 190 kids come to Mega Sports Love Camp, it. which is 63% more than last year. And among that growth, it was 85% kids who had never attended Cedar Valley before. Many of whom we met during lunch in the park over mm -hmm. the summer. And I mean, we had the opportunity to tell kids about Jesus and, and none of that happened without the church getting involved. We had right. over a hundred people choose to serve uh, during the week and we had people taking time off of work because they saw the importance yeah. of reaching kids yeah. in our neighborhood. Yeah. So every kid left uh, knowing that Jesus loves them and that there's a church right here in their neighborhood yeah. that cares about them as well. Yeah. All because people in this church chose to lead the way yeah. in reaching our neighborhood. And, and the best part of the week was towards the end of the week we gave kids a chance to respond to the invitation for salvation. Yeah. And when we gave that, that invitation, 60 kids came forward. Wow. And for 35 of those kids, it was the first time they had ever done that. And one of those kids was a girl who came uh, from lunch in the park. That's where we met her, we connected with them, and they had, they had never attended Cedar Valley, but they live right here in our neighborhood. And her mom was telling me that she had such a great week and it was so impactful that that very next Sunday, she made sure the whole family was up and here for service That's that Sunday right. morning. And they've been here consistently on Sundays and now Wednesdays, all because we just had an opportunity to tell her about Jesus. Wow. As we've continued to lean into this neighborhood, uh, the youth is actually seeing an increase of students from this community as well. It's been really awesome. Last year at this, uh, Around this time, we had 39 students and eight leaders. COVID was, COVID was tough. COVID was really hard on the youth ministry. And so we had 39 and eight, so that's that's not too many. But then a little over a year later, we're, we've now tripled both of those wow. numbers. So youth has, has tripled its impact. It's been really, really cool to be a part of that. I think about one student in particular, he just came in the middle of a, a summer service one time and he just got interested and he began coming week after week and it was cool to see how God kind of got a hold of his life yeah. and mm -hmm. he gets he gets baptized in the coming months and he becomes yeah. one of our core students and he's been inviting friends every single week to youth so it's been incredible to see how God has has gotten a hold of his life and he's just become a completely different kid less than a year year later it's, it's, it's been really cool sure. yeah and honestly great impact is happening at yeah. our schools particularly Kennedy High School which yeah. is a mile away from this place right. right last year at one of the biggest games of 
the basketball season, JJ came in and sang the national anthem. It was awesome. It was like you could feel the presence of God. It was so good. People in the stands were like amening. Like they, they felt something that they hadn't felt in maybe a long time or maybe never. And you talk about a church really wanting to get outside of the four walls. Talk about being at the fifth wall, like we're there. Yeah. And at football games, you know, you see 12 to 14 youth leaders there watching the kids that they're leading on Wednesday nights, cheering and encouraging those, those athletes. It's incredible to see what God is doing, even it's just so at Kennedy High School. Wow, really and, and the awesome. beauty is like, we celebrate all these stories. I celebrate these, or when I talk to the board about it, the board celebrates it, the people of our church celebrate it, and that's great. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, if, if we focus only on the right here, right now, like we're missing it. Yeah. You know, we talk about today a lot of times in the culture, Christians will talk about how dark it seems, that society, the culture have gotten so mm -hmm. dark. And I would contend, I don't believe the problem is the darkness. I think the problem is the light Right, the light has got to shine even brighter. The light, there's got to be more light. I mean, we've got to be, we've got to be get out of the land of comfort, and we've got to start thinking how do we expand the kingdom. We, we we've got to be thinking about that expanding the kingdom. That's yeah. what it's got to become about. But I truly believe that God is leading us to greater things, and we're, yes. we're hearing all these amazing things that God is doing. But don't y'all feel like? an explosion is headed our way. Yeah. Like there's this explosion coming, it's coming, it's coming together. And I just can't help but think what awaits us in 2024. Like what, what do you guys think God's up to in 2024? I, I, think, I think one of the things I'm excited about wor uh, worship is the fact that the team is gonna grow. Yeah. Uh, um, the culture is going to continue to change and more and more people are going to be expressive. But not only that, it's it's the fact that, you know, we're gonna start writing songs. So it's not going to be, you know, people aren't gonna be moved or transformed through our worship here, but also on like the whole world, you know, the whole nation, the whole world. And so super excited for that to come. But the beauty of it is again, it, it's even that, it's not just right here, right? I mean, we're, we're still thinking globally into oh, next absolutely, year. Absolutely, absolutely. Momentum is not lost. Uh, yeah. We are active in missions yes. and people are making the difference. You know, one of the core values at, 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 at church here is to make Jesus known, yes. obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're doing that in missions. I look forward to next year. You know, there's no greater joy than sharing the difference that Christ has made in your life with somebody else. Yes, and sure. boy, does that ever play out when you say yes to a team and commit. I'm excited because we got seven teams coming up over the the next Love year it. and it. my goal is to double the amount of people yes. that went previously into 2024 it's gonna happen I'm yeah. excited everybody at Cedar Valley needs to know this they need to know that our goal for them is yes. that they would experience foreign soil yeah I mean it's there is so much transformation that happens within your own life yeah when that takes place right yeah. but also locally there's great opportunities to it's get so involved here. too Many people know that we have been partnering with the City of Bloomington. Um, in this upcoming year, we are actually going to be partnering with them and leading the way to bring Lunch at the Park to many different parks around the city. So it just won't be at Cedar Crest across the street. It's going to be all over. Yeah, so That's amazing. Awesome. So amazing. Love that. Yeah, and I mean, in kids, obviously, for Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, one of our goals is to double the size of our team because these kids need to have positive uh, healthy role models and 
voices speaking into their lives and for sports camping. In year one, we maxed out the theater. In year two, right. we maxed out the kids' auditorium. And so, I mean, looking forward, we've got this 1,700-seat auditorium oh, with thousands of kids. I mean, we've got plenty of room and plenty of kids who need to know Jesus. That's so right. so good. see this room full, too. Yeah. Yeah. So Amen. good. Yeah. 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 I love that. yeah, and what we're looking forward to is, is not only just growing the youth ministry, but also just growing them and developing them into more mature believers. And so a big goal that we have is to start a Bible study at all the local middle and high schools around this, this city. And we just finished up our, our event, One Big Party, where we partnered with nine local churches and all of them got behind the, the vision of, let's start Bible studies at all these schools. And it's been cool to see how the students have led the way in that and they're emboldened and they're excited to take their faith into their school and to invite others along. It's so good. And you know, you guys know this now because we've talked about it a bit, but the vision really God's led on my, just put on my heart for this next year is lead the way lead the way. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the biggest initiatives that we're going to undertake this year, and I would say arguably maybe one of the biggest initiatives this church has ever in its seven year history undertaken is uh, next fall we're going to launch Vanguard Academy. Mm -hmm. And Vanguard awesome. Academy yeah. will start out as a school K through approximately three or K through five in the first year. But Vanguard is significant to us and that Vanguard literally means to lead the way. Yeah. It's yeah. the mm -hmm. foremost part of an advancing army. And we see uh, Vanguard Academy as a place where we're going we're gonna to teach students, we're going to train students to lead the way mm -hmm. in all matters of faith and culture. Yeah. And it's exciting to see what will come out of that. And I love what that, that gentleman told you. Oh, fantastic. You, you sat with somebody and you asked him, you were expressing how we want to transform a community. Like, how do you transform a community? His response is really what birthed in you this So good. Moment. He just said, well, tell me what you're trying to do. And, and we talked about we want to really transform this community. And he just simply said, well, that makes this really simple. Because he said, if I was going to try to transform a community, I'd start with a school before I started a church. Mm -hmm. I'd awesome. start the school first because he said, you're in their homes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so yeah. we're looking forward to that starting next fall. We'll be in the homes, transforming so homes awesome. for the name of Christ and expanding the kingdom. That's and awesome. so I just, I just pose it all of us. Are we ready to lead the way? Are you ready to lead the way? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right. Come on, somebody! Man! We are so excited about what God's doing here and the way that, that God is just touching our community and the way that God is using you. And I say that, I believe that God doesn't want to just do something through us. I think God wants to do something in us. And then as he does something in us to do something through us. So we'll be, we'll be walking through this week. Let me just give you some of the highlights of what's going on in this next year. So we always have projects. We have projects going all the time. And, and we kind of define projects. If you put that slide up for me. Yeah, we just, projects are beyond what God is doing. So you all don't know this, like people who work here at church, you know they get paid. I think you're aware of that. And we have light bills and we have all that. And so it, this is above and beyond all of that. It's all the different projects. So we're looking at our home base. First, we start with our home base. Now, you know, the school's going to be moving out. And, and uh, so we've got work to do here. We've got some new carpet that's got to be laid. We've got a spot where there's going to need to be a new LED wall. We've got, we've got uh, all, all around this end of the building, all new doors. All new security doors, those have all got to be replaced. So that's just home-based stuff that we're going to be doing. And then secondly, we talk about our neighbors all the time. Now you guys know that in the Bloomington schools, we've been doing uh, really a, a lot of work. Uh, Pastor Amos has been really effective in the Bloomington schools. And so we've got the captain's crew that goes now, and we bust those kids over here, the captains from all sports, 
all sorts we do it at different times of the year from Bloomington, uh, Bloomington Jefferson Kennedy. They come over here and they get character development and they, they get spoken into and we begin to speak into that. There's things like, um, yeah, you can leave that up for a bit, but there's things like the Kennedy High School character coaching. And, and we're in their classrooms and teaching and coaching and working on things like that. I'll go the way down to the bottom. The two that, that you'll see there that you recognize perhaps is Life Centers in Minneapolis, Chris and Monica De Laurentiis. And we've had a long-term relationship with them. They're, they're doing just fantastic work in the city. Some of you have, have gone there and you volunteered. And then along with that, there's a church that we're helping to get going, Rechurch. Rechurch. Uh, Pastor Chuchi, is he here this morning? I, I saw him last Sunday. He's, he's not here Okay, but uh, he'll pop in here once in a while. But they're going to plant a church. It feels very Cedar Valley-ish. It's multi-ethnic. It's multi-generational is what they're wanting. And they're going to plant it in Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park. It's in Brooklyn. I know that. And so it's going to be there. And, and so we're going to be helping them. We're going to help launch this church. They have the same passion we do to take Christ to those type of communities. And then we look and we say, well, not only our neighbors, but the nation's. In the nations, and we've got several projects there. By the way, P.S., just so I don't forget to tell you this, last week you got this book. This was a study guide. If you didn't get this, I told you this. This is at the group's table. This week, when you leave the service, you're going to get this one, and this is our projects book. Everything will be in here. Everything that I'm talking about, it's all laid out for you. This one I would ask maybe one per household, if you can, one per household. This one everybody needed. But these are all listed in there. But when it comes to that, like, for instance, North Central University, did you know, like, we help fund that scholarships. If you're a missionary, we send our missionaries out into the field, and they've got to raise their own support, raise their own support, and now their kids grow up, and maybe their kids want to go to college. How are they supposed to go to college? How are they, how are they supposed to do that? So the, the, uh, North Central has a scholarship fund so that all kids of missionaries go to North Central tuition-free. We help fund that. We're helping to do that, right? You folks are helping to do that. We have BGMC is, is a, a program through, the, through Kids Church, and it's a, a program that begins to teach them generosity as they support missionaries around the world. We're going to help support Lake Geneva again. That it's such a, a significant experience for kids. When they get away, they get out of this environment, they have to leave their phones, they leave everything, and they go to camp for a week. And we're going to help do scholarships for that again this year. There's an organization up there called Aero, A-I-R-O. And Aero is another fund that helps get missionaries going. So if you graduate from a college and you want to go to the mission field, you, most mission organizations will not let you leave the country if you have any student debt. They won't let you leave for good reason. And so Aero helps those kids, specifically who are going to be missionaries, it helps get their debt, uh, help to get rid of most of their debt. The Table is another church that we're helping to plant in the Seattle area. There's a suburb in Seattle called Federal Way. Seattle, some of you know this, has become so crazy expensive to live there. A lot of the folks can't live and they move out. And a lot of them have moved out, the underprivileged have moved out to an area called uh, Federal Way. And, and Pastor Beth is, has planted that church. We're behind it. We've been supporting them now for a little over a year. We're amping that up. We're going to strengthen them so that that church can continue. It's a, it'll be in a community very similar to ours. And then the last one that I'll just touch on here is P, uh, PIBDI. It's a church in Brazil. It's almost a sister church for us. They're kind of our missionaries, Andrew and Julie Var Vargas, who used to be pa uh, pastors on staff here. They're there. That's where you saw in the video. You would have seen a clip of them. And so we'll be supporting them financially. We'll be sending teams there. And so all of these things are going to be going on now. There's one other thing. There's one other thing that's it's just been heavy on my heart. 
And I think just because God's been putting this on my heart for about nine months now, nine or ten months, I've just prayed about it. And it's become so clear to me. And that is our new venture that we're going to launch. And the new venture is called Vanguard Academy. And some of you have heard of this. We've talked about it a little bit. But, man, what if, what if we had them? So Vanguard, what we're saying initially, our, our initial mission statement is this. Vanguard is a Christ-centered education, equipping students to lead the way in all matters of faith and truth. We're about to do that. And so they'll be in that environment, eight hours a day, five days a week, Christ-centered education, right? And so th these things are big. These are things that we prayed about. We're like, God, we don't have any idea what we're doing here. And God's like, you didn't have to tell me that. I know you don't know what you're doing. I know everything. I know how to do this. I've prayed and I prayed and I said, God, you got to bring us resources. The resources that God has brought to us already, the human resources, the people that God has just lined up and brought to us. I just had another lunch last Friday, uh, Thursday with a guy. This guy has answers for us like you can't believe. It's unbelievable. You'll probably be meeting some of these people in the services. So we're going to launch that. All of this stuff, let me just tell you this. You all know this isn't free. And so I want you to buck up. Everybody take a deep breath. Let it go. Here's our price tag this year. Boom. Yeah, somebody say, woo. Hey, listen to me. I have no idea where that, that, if you don't know that, in a day and age like today, what we're going through, that's over tw almost a 20% increase in our normal budget. 20%. 20%. And God's like, I got this. I have this. God doesn't like bring us, bring us, and he's bringing us resources. Can you imagine? Then all of a sudden God goes, Oh, the money. I forgot the money. I forgot. That's right. It's going to cost money. I totally forgot that. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. But what we're seeing God do and unleash already it has been unbelievable. So for the next five weeks, we're studying through this, different elements of it. Today, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to talk about legacy. We're going to talk about legacy. And we're talking about lead the way. It's going to be about legacy. That's what this is about. So we're going to read our scripture and still get into this. I'm going to talk uber, uber fast Tell her, tell her, I'm talking super fast. Yes, tell her, chop, chop. I'm talking fast today. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, so open your Bibles. Genesis chapter 12. Here we go. Buckle up. Genesis chapter 12. Give me that look, Regina. Genesis chapter 12. If you get that, uh, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. Just stand your feet. And if you're new around here, well, by the way, welcome. If you're new, if you're a guest, welcome. We love having you this morning. Welcome, everybody online. Uh, we always stand when we read our primary text. It's nothing magic about it. It's a tradition that we do. And it always reminds us, this is God speaking. This is God speaking. This is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. So the Lord God had said to Abram, leave your native country, leave your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Verse, uh, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken uh, into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. And when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem, and there he set up camp beside the Oak of Mori. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for what you want to do 
in and through us, God. Thank you for what you're going to say to us today. So we receive this word. We know, Holy Spirit, that you're the only one who could possibly teach. Would you do that? Would you teach us now, Spirit? Would you give us ears to hear, hearts and minds to understand and to receive this? What would you have for us today, God? That's what we're asking. What do you have? We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Well, um, when we talk about legacy, a lot of us have different ideas about what, le- what legacy actually is. And since that's what we're talking about, we're going to see for the next five weeks through the life of Abram and Sarah. That's what we're going to see as we study this. But we're talking about legacy. And, and a lot of times when we think about legacy, sometimes don't you think financial, like these financial legacies? I was reading a piece, and it's the wealthiest man in Asia. His inheritance that he was left was $94 billion. That's a legacy. billion to be left that. And then you looked even here in the U.S. and Sam Walton, the founder of the Walmart empire, you know, two of his different sons, he left one 52 million, a billion, and he left the other 49 billion. There would be a fight over the other three billion, you know. He has a grandson that he left $24 billion to. I don't want to brag or anything, but about 25 years ago, my great aunt Nellie left me 10 grand. It's true. It's already spent, don't ask me for it. (laughs) But sometimes we think legacy, we think financial. And there are a lot of other legacies though. There's a lot of other legacies. If you talk to historians here in the United States in more recent history, they'll tell you that the greatest legacies have been left by people like Albert Einstein. Theory of relativity, E equals MC squared, they tell you about that. They tell you about people like MLK who led the civil rights movement here in America, that he's left a legacy. They'll talk to people about Nelson Mandela, who ended apartheid, who, who brought equal rights to all Africans. They tell you about uh, people like Mary Curie, right? First woman ever to win the Nobel Prize, only, person, only woman who's ever won it twice. And they talk to you about legacies that these people have left. And then I look here, and I look at you all, and I look at some of the legacies that you're leaving. I see the way that you're raising your children. I see the way that you're impacting people in your community. I see the way that you're impacting people for Christ at work. Right? I, I see that, and I see that you're leaving legacies. And the reality is this, that everybody leaves a legacy. Every one of us are going to leave a legacy. That's not in question. The only question is this, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? See, that's the real question. And so we want to look at that. We want to start to think about legacy as individuals, and we want to think about legacy as a church. And we want to look at that through the story of Abram. Now, before I get to that, just so you know, you'll hear me say Abram. That is Abraham, but his name was Abram, and God later changed his name, and we're not there yet. And you'll hear me say Sarai, because his wife's name wasn't Sarah yet, it's Sarai. So Abram and Sarai, I just want to give you a little history on them for where they started. They started down in the land of Ur, which is really probably today modern Iraq. That's where they started. And if you were in chapter 11 of Genesis, you'd find out about Abram's father, Terah. Terah had a son, Abram. Abram had a wife, Sarai. Uh, Terah also had a grandson, Lot, who was Abram's nephew. And chapter 11 just simply says this, one day, one day, Terah left, and he left for Ur, and he was headed for Canaan, which is modern-day Israel. We don't know why he left there. Very likely, some political uh, happenings in the region, perhaps, and he left. And he was headed for Canaan, which is modern-day Israel. He was headed for here. He was actually headed for Shechem. And it says he went to Haran. Now, Haran doesn't look like it's on the way, but if you went across here, you're probably walking into death as you walk across the desert. 
And so this would make sense to you if you lived there too, but he kind of follows the Euphrates River up and the land is lush and that's the way he went. Now, this isn't the message, but I want to point this out to you because I think it's an interesting teaching point. This Canaan became the promised land, the land of promise. This land in Haran, because of the, the, the river valley there, was actually known in that day as the land of comfort. How many of you know that sometimes we never get the promise because we settle for comfort? We miss out on the promised land because we're stuck in the land of comfort. Hello, Americans, is anybody with me? Church, we have, we have got to settle for the promise. We, we cannot settle for the, for, for the comfort. And so now Abram is up here. And he's up here with his father. Okay, now our text picks up in chapter 12, and it says this. The Lord had said to Abram now, leave your native country, leave your relatives, leave your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Now, just point of interest, you should know this, that in the ancient culture, your identity was all wrapped up in the land. Your land was your identity. It was very wrapped up in your father's relatives and your relatives. That was their identity. And so part of what God is saying here is, Abram, leave your identity. Leave your identity. Leave everything you are. Leave everything that you trust. Leave everything that you've ever relied on. Leave it all and follow me. And he further says this, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make you famous. You'll be a blessing to others. But what you should know is as he's making these promise by promise by promise, God just continues to make Abram promises. You need to understand that inferred in that is if you do. In other words, if you will go to where I call you, if you will go, if you'll do that, then I'll make you into a great nation. If you'll do that, I'll bless you and I'll make you famous. If you do that, I'll make you a blessing to others. He continues and he says, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed. Right. If you do, God is calling him to do this. Just simply, if you do this. And then I love the very next verse. You read this. So. And I think we just stop and we ponder. So what? Because God, I don't know. I I have to be honest sometimes. You told me to leave everything. I have everything. Everything that creates identity for me, everything that I've placed my identity in, that's created my identity, you're, 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 you're calling me to leave every bit of that. So, but here's the rest of it. And so Abraham departed as the Lord instructed. He just did it. Abraham just did it. Left his father, left the land, left his relatives, left his father's relatives. Everything that was him, he left it. And Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now think about this. He left. He left. God made him all these promises and said, if you do. Now remember this. He he, he made him promises. He says, I'll make you into a great nation. Did that happen? Israel is a nation. Israel has endured. Somebody go look at a map when you leave here today and ask yourself, how are they still a nation? Look at where they're placed. This dot in the middle of the Arab world, in the world that's very hostile to them, and they become a great nation. He said, I'll make you famous. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Abraham before you walked in here this morning. I'd say that's famous. I think God has made him famous. He said, I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. I I believe with all my heart, I believe that one of the reasons that the United States has been a blessed nation for many years is because we have stood by Israel. 
And God said, I'll bless those who bless you. The Abrahamic covenant is as true today as it's ever been. And so the answer to all of this when it comes to legacy is very simple. It's yes. The answer to all of Abram's legacy is yes. Abram said yes. He said yes to God. He left everything. He was willing to drop it, leave it, and move on. Right? Because he said yes. The same is very true for us. Now, is it easy? Is it easy to do that? I mean, how do you explain somebody just leaving? Like, imagine yourselves today. I've tried to imagine myself. And God just called you and said, go. And you're like, I'm not really sure what that means. I'm not really sure, but I guess I just do it. Like, here's how it happened for Abraham. It said this, it's by faith. It was by faith that he obeyed. This is faith, not fully knowing, not fully understanding. God said it, you say yes. I say yes, that's faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. And then I like this. I like this little statement. He went without knowing where he was going. He just said yes. Abraham just said yes. And God blessed him. Now, I want, you to, I want us to think outside of ourselves for just a second. Because I think so many times we think about, I say yes, God blesses me. God made Abram four promises, and we mentioned three of them. But I want to show you the fourth promise that I didn't, I didn't review already. And we already read this. Watch what he says to Abram. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who treat you with contempt. We, we went over that one. But then he says this. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. God promised him that. God promised, if you'll go, if you'll go, if you'll do what I'm calling you to do, if you'll, if you'll go, all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. It happened. You say, how did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. Because Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had his name changed to Israel. Jacob, Israel, had 12 sons. One of his sons is Judah. He's the head of the tribe of Judah. And out of the tribe of Judah came the Lion of Judah, Jesus, the Messiah. That promise was fulfilled. Why? Because he said, yes. We're Abram's legacy. We're it. We're legacy. Years and years and years and years and years and years down the road. Generations, 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 generations. We're blessed. Because Abram said yes to God. We're blessed. We're a legacy. We're a type of legacy. We're a picture of the impact that can be had when someone generations ago said yes to God. Yes, God, I'll go. Yes, God, I'll do you what you want me to do. Yes, God, I don't get it. Yes, God, this makes no sense to me. But yes, God, you're calling me. Yes, God, you've said this. Yes, God, I'll go. Yes, God, I'll do it. We're the example of legacy. We said this before. We said everybody leaves the legacy. The only question is, what kind of legacy will you leave? What kind of legacy will you leave? See, what kind of legacy will I leave? See, as a church, what kind of a legacy will we leave as a church? What will be the legacy? So I'll give you the big so what today. And I want you to get this. That a yes God life leads to a yes God legacy that, that it leaves that kind of legacy 
that if you and I are willing to say yes to God, yes, God, whatever you have, yes, God, whatever you say, yes, God, this makes absolutely no sense to me, I'll go. I'll do it. As we work through Lead the Way, as God is calling us right now to lead the way, we need to say yes to it. And I believe if we do, I believe we'll leave a legacy that we've been long gone. I just dreams and visions of someday, you know, I think about what happens when I hit 50, but even further down the road, when I get further down the road, right? Yeah. Do I? Do I know? <laughs> like, I think about someday when I'm 70 or 80, some of you are there, and I won't be the pastor here anymore, that's for sure. I'll probably still be walking around the neighborhood, and I'm going to hear a story. And somebody's going to tell me something's going to come up on our conversation, and I'm going to find out that they're a follower of Jesus. I say, really? How did that happen? It's crazy. About six months ago, I started going to this church. It's right here in my neighborhood. And as a result of the ministry of that church, I came to know Christ. Or somebody of that church ministered to me, and because of that ministry, I came to know Christ. I, I think about what that'll be like for all of us someday. What if, what if we had that as a legacy? What if, what if someday we get to heaven, right, and we run into somebody, and we start swapping stories? And they tell us that, that they came to Christ because of what happened when they encountered Christ at a, at a local church and how it transformed their marriage and how it transformed their children and now it's transforming their grandchildren. See, that's legacy. That's a yes God legacy. That's something that I, I, I man, I, I'm in. I'm in. And God says, I'm calling you to that. I'm calling you. Church, I just think we need to say this. God, what are you calling? We're going to be praying over the next five weeks. You're going to be talking on your life groups, and you're going to be having devotions. And what would God call us to? And how will this nation be transformed? How would the state of Minnesota be transformed? How, how would the state of Minnesota be transformed? Right? Because we talk about our Jerusalem. And look, here's what I'm going to tell you. First of all, I always want people to know this. Man, if you don't live in East Bloomington, we need you here and we want you here because you're the lights as we start to spread out. This isn't about East Bloomington, right? Man, if you live in Egan, Apple Valley, Burnsville, Lakeville, Young America, who's Young America? Where, where are you sitting? You're not sitting in your right seat today, right? People from Cannon Falls drive here. Yeah, absolutely, because we've got to start to spread out. This is, I mean, all of that is part of our Jerusalem. What happens if we do our job? And just get a vision for that. What if, what if this whole area just became flooded with the name of Jesus? It went Bloomington, it went Richfield, it went across the river to Egan, it went to Burnsville, Apple Valley, Lakeville. Man, it just started to spread out. Minneapolis was radically impacted for Christ because of what was happening here. And we went to St. Paul, and it's just radically impacted for Christ. And we're sending missionaries out of here at record numbers. And the word of the gospel is just transforming across the globe. Is anybody for that? Is it just me? Let's go. Okay, then we got to say yes to God. Then we say yes to God. We say yes to God. God, what are you calling me to? What are you calling us to as a church, God? What, what is it? Because a yes God life leaves a yes God legacy. We have a chance to be people of legacy. We have an opportunity. We'll keep preaching through this for the next five weeks. I want you this week to think about legacy. You're going to leave one. You're going to leave one, that's for sure. The only question is what kind of legacy will it be?